0: okay okay week one almost in the books Welcome to Fantasy Fire and Ice from Sportstopia. I'm Matt Gelka. We'll bring in Cody Carpentier in a second, but we're almost done with week one. We have one game left tonight. And maybe you're thinking, I drafted Travis Kelsey, I drafted T. Higgins, I drafted Josh Jacobs. Is my fantasy season over? And I'm here to tell you, yes. Draft better, please. You have to get better players. No, I'm just kidding. That's why Sportstopia is here. That's why we have experts like Cody Carpentier joining us to guide us along when we hit a few roadblocks in that opening week. So check us out, sportstopia.io for your year-long fantasy for your daily fantasy we have a state-of-the-art exclusive optimizer for all of your DFS contests we all want to win the millimaker and i'm gonna guess Cody didn't because he's sitting with here to, or sitting with us today but maybe he got close so Cody uh, great to uh, to be joined by you great to work with you uh how was your week one how are we doing
1: Week one was good. Um, Of course, we have like the last six months of the offseason where you kind of build up your takes of players you like and players you dislike and angles you're taking as far as fantasy goes. Um, And it all kind of it all kind of comes to a head in week one because it's that that's when everyone goes, oh, I I was right. I was so right. But the thing we have to realize is, like, hey, there's still 16 more weeks of this game to be good bad game to be had so everyone's gonna be right everyone's gonna be wrong um but i think week one was <clears throat> so far so good we got buffalo in the jets tonight that'll be a fun one and yeah i, d- I indeed did not win the millie I-, I i had four lineups hit the cash line but i did not win the millie because i uh couldn't couldn't complete the roster i had two guys you know that would dud out in each roster so it is what it
0: is well we like to see it in green we always like to see a little bit of green right that's it it gives us that little bit of hope to keep yep. going uh, well, uh, we're glad to see you had some winners. Look, I, well, let's just take a second. Uh, obviously, today is September 11th, and we just want to acknowledge the importance of today, whether you uh, remember where you were, maybe you're too young, but you know the history, and we just want to honor those people who innocently and and we're just going about their day lost their lives the first responders and everybody who does protect us in this country so we get to enjoy things like football enjoy things like fantasy football all right cody we'll talk about that millie maker i want to talk about the winning millie maker lineup let's just read some names here qb Tua a running back austin eckler running back ken walker wide receiver and jerry rice reincarnated brandon ayuk Calvin Ridley, Kendrick Bourne, Hayden Hurst, Tyreek Hill, and the Commanders defense. Now, I imagine you might have had some of those guys, but when you look at that winning lineup, what jumps out to you? I, I got a couple of guys, one of them being Kendrick Bourne, but but other than that, that looks like a pretty reasonable lineup of studs. What, what, does anything jump out at you there?
1: Yeah, I think first off, yes, Kendrick Bourne is that is that number one guy. The Commanders were a chalk uh, chalk defense going into the week against Arizona. Everybody knew that, and and it and it came true. Tyreek Hill was a guy that you know I had eighty percent exposure to him across my lineups in this one, and I think the stack having him with Tua that's where people really made their money because if you look at the uh, the the contrarian edge optimizer at SportsTopia, um, you can see Tua Tungavaloa had a point oh two uh, ownership uh, projected ownership going into the week and. Him stacked with Tyreek Hill, you have a see, he goes out for 466 passing yards, and Tyreek goes over 200 in this shootout game. That, that's what we were hoping for, right? Last year, the game kind of let us down. This year, we were like, all right, this is the shootout. It's it's coming to us right now. We're getting the, the Chargers onslaught. On we're getting the, the Dolphins onslaught. It ended up really just being Tua and Tyreek Hill. So it makes sense that these two guys are in here. Eckler did find the end zone in this one. Um, Ridley. Ridley was kind of an expectation across the board. It was either going to be... People are fully in on Ridley or fully out on Ridley. So that was an interesting one. And then Hurst was one of my favorites just going in. I will say that. But I think the two interesting ones for me would be Kendrick Bourne, obviously, in New England. Uh, but that did make sense after you, you take into account Devontae Parker not playing in that game. And then Ken Walker, Ken Walker, who came in with a, a, a groin injury. Having him just kind of fall into this lineup was kind of an interesting angle, especially since they lost this game. He only had 12 carries on the ground and he did have four receptions, but it was only for three yards. So Ken Walker's kind of an interesting one. We know the talent, but it was interesting to see him in this lineup. And then Kendrick Bourne obviously is the the what? What he made that, but it takes that sometimes. It takes those those random guys, and that's why you throw the darts on. I threw a dart on Chase Claypool this week. I threw a dart on Evan Hole this week, and they were like airball, right? So, but that's what it takes sometimes.
0: Well, look, you know, when the dart throw hits the bullseye, you know, I mean, I mean, that's that's what we're looking for. Uh, the note on the Dolphins and the Chargers. If you're just a casual fan, best game of the day yesterday. I mean, most exciting, and Tua was balling. I, I, I mean, he was balling out. Uh, I quickly about the Dolphins season long. We're going to see this to a Tyreek stack every week, and we might see it in a few more winning lineups. Or are these prices going to be adjusted where they're just going to be priced out? You can't do it anymore.
1: I, the Tyreek Hill one's going to. The Tyreek Hill one, they should spike right up to the. If he, I mean, he's already. Where is he here? He was 8200 this last week on DraftKings, $100 ahead of Jamar Chase, $600 ahead of AJ Brown, and $600 behind Jefferson. I would assume that Tyreek and Jefferson are going to be lockstep. The rest of the way, unless something uh, dramatic changes. Now, he did go into the season, remember, saying, I'm going for 2,000 yards, where it threw week one, and he's already 10% of the way there. So that's interesting. Tua, on the other hand, Tua was a good value. That's why uh, he only had a 0.2% uh, projected ownership, but he's at 6,700 which was sixth going into the week. You could see him cre- creep his way up into the Joe Burrow range just ahead of 7,000 on DraftKings particularly. Um, but, yeah, this, this should definitely be a stack that's, that you should have every single week as long as the game is, is, uh, is in line.
0: Well, I think at this point, anything less than thirty six hundred yards and thirty two touchdowns for Tyreek Hill, you have to consider it a failure after that week one. I mean, he just got to keep up this pace. Well, uh, look, let's go to some of the other picks, and and we're gonna we're gonna start our our I guess our, our weekly segment here. Uh, it is a flake or a fire take from uh, us at Sports Topia, and and Cody, I'm going to say I will start it off and give you the honors of the fire take. Because in this Millie Maker lineup, you had or the, the winner had one of your guys. And that was Hayden Hurst. You were talking him up. He was your guy. And look, he didn't light the world on fire, but 41 yards and a touchdown, and it looked like Carolina's best weapon, uh, especially on that one drive where he did score. They just kept peppering him. What did you like so much about him, and, and do you like him going forward?
1: I love Hayden Hurst going forward. I I, I loved him coming in. The reason I loved him coming in is, uh, quite frankly, I, I, w- I went to the Carolina Panthers training camp for two days, part of my training camp tour, and just seeing the, the focal point that he had in this offense where – um, even before the DJ Chark injury, it they didn't really have a true number one. Chark Chark can do a couple of, of specific things. The rookie Jonathan Mingo uh, is a good slant route runner, a good deep crosser. Terrace Marshall's just just really a deep crosser guy at best. Uh, Adam Thielen's kind of a dump off guy, you know, underneath slants, things like this. Hayden Hurst, though, when they talked about this receiving room as a whole, so wide receivers and tight ends, it was like that's our guy, that's the guy. And everyone on the surface would say, Well, Hayden Hurst is nobody drafted him in fantasy, really. I bet you he was only drafted maybe you know under ten percent of overall fantasy football leagues. I was continually telling people, draft Hayden Hurst, draft like that guy, why would you draft him? You can get him for free. And I was like He's going to lead the Carolina Panthers in targets this year and probably receptions. Like it, it I don't think that's even a hot take. I, don't, I thought it was a guarantee because of just seeing the talent that is in Carolina and understanding that as a rookie, Bryce Young is going to want to keep that ball within 10, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. A lot of Miles Sanders, a lot of Hayden Hurst. Both things came to fruition in week one against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, do I think that maybe as the season goes along, we do get a little bit more mingo? Maybe. Does DJ Chark get healthy and he gets a little bit in there? Maybe. But again, you're talking about seven targets in week one for Hayden Hurst, which tied for fourth at the tight end position in the NFL, just a couple behind Ertz, TJ Hawkinson, Logan Thomas. I think it's just going to be a consistent bang, bang, bang. And if, you know, we were talking about Tyree Kill, if you extrapolate his week one, which was 200 yards, right? If you extrapolate that, that's just a wild number. But if you extrapolate what Hayden Hurst did, which is a very basic five receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Very basic, right? But if you extrapolate that over the season, he's the tight end two in fantasy from last year by a whopping 50 points. Now, I understand the touchdown, having a touchdown every single game is not realistic. If you cut that in half, he's still the tight end three in 2022 if he ends up with eight touchdowns. So um, I think just overall at the tight end position, he was an insane value coming in. Long-winded answer, Hayden Hurst is, is going to continue to be the target leader in Carolina the rest of the way.
0: Now, is that a belief in Bryce Young as a quarterback or sort of an indictment? Or is it just, uh, I mean, this rookie is not surrounded by a lot of guys he can go to. He has to go to the security blanket.
1: That's more so what it is, is that this offensive line um, is not on par with that of the better offensive lines in the NFL. They're, They're a bottom 15 offensive line. And Bryce Young, we already know he's undersized and he, he's going to have to get the ball out quick. One of the better guys I've seen so far this week, I've made it through half the games rewatching them, is obviously Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is, he knows what he needs to do. He knows he get two, three steps back, hit the target right away. And Bryce Young, like that's kind of what you need to do as a rookie. CJ Stroud kind of struggled with that week one against Baltimore. Bryce Young, though, like he knows what he needs to do. He knows he's got Sanders out there, who's a good receiving back. He knows he's got Hurst, and he knows he's got Thielen, and those are his security blankets. And that's how you just slowly build, slowly build confidence in the offense, slowly build going downfield. They lost this game against Atlanta. I think they should have won it. Um, but I think in totality, like that's what really what it is is just the the belief and the trust in Hayden Hurst that's really going to uh, allow him to continue to do that. Well, you
0: nailed that pick on Hayden Hurst. I don't. You, I think you're right. I don't think anybody drafted him. So good on you there. But, but look, we're in the picks business sometimes, and you can't win them all, can you? you? You had another pick, and I'm not gonna say it was completely bad, but it it was a dolphin, and there were some chances, and you were one of the only people I heard talking about him, but it just didn't come all together for. Durham Smythe. Let's take a listen to what you
1: said last week. Everybody knows it's Tyreek and Utsuado, but like those guys can't split, you know, 50 percent 50, target share each. That's that's impossible, right? So who's the third guy? The only tight end they use in the passing game is Durham Smythe. So I think Durham Smythe is is a is a low key guy in Miami. All right,
0: he was a low key guy. Okay, so so let, let's talk about the stats and 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 look. Stats don't lie unless they do. Uh, So 44 yards, uh, seven targets was second only behind Tyreek Hill. So I don't want to say this was a complete whiff. There were opportunities, but but what did you see from him? and, And do you think he's a guy who can be a bigger part of that offense this season?
1: I don't think it was a whiff because I think in in general I'm looking at here I'm looking here just at, at DFS in general I, I um I don't have Smythe at all in fantasy uh, weekly lineups or anything like this but going into week one really everything I had heard coming out of Miami camp was like these other guys don't matter the Barrioses of the world the River Craycrafts, they're not really going to do anything in the receiving game now they did they had both had five targets and three receptions um, and out of the backfield Mostert had two receptions Selvin Ackman had three targets but like I said in that video like Durham Smythe is going to get some work because you can't throw the ball to Tyreek Hill and to Jalen Waddle 30 times in a game. Now, they threw it towards him 20 times, which was literally 50% of the throws. Um, but I think the price you paid for Durham Smythe, which was he, he was almost min, he was 2,800 in DFS. and so he, he returned 7.7 whopping points for you, um, was not the best. It's it's a middling thing. Like you said, it's not a complete whiff, but it's very middling because he, the targets were there. So I'm going to continue but, to look but, at it because I don't think the number is going to go up, but it's just a very odd thing because what did I did like out of it was literally just the opportunities.
0: Here's what killed do. And, and if you watched the game back or maybe you were watching it live, the touchdown to River Craycraft, it yeah. went right over Smite's head and it looked like he was going to jump for it. And I was sitting at home watching Red Zone and I was like, Oh my god, Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe, but, and then River Craycraft, who I'm sure everybody had in their yeah. lineup. I you, you you probably saw that play. Did you did you get a yeah. little did you did you get a little happy yes. when you saw that and then it was just ripped away from you?
1: Yeah, this, I mean the stat line obviously it's like right four for fifty and a touchdown would be a lot different. That's literally what Hayden Hurst's stat line was. So that'd be a little bit different, uh if that if the touchdown with the derm Smythe, and it went to river craycraft because yeah as you mentioned everybody had river craycraft in their lineups this week
0: oh every everybody uh now the better boss uh, i liked how braxton barrios looked what, what do you what do you make of that
1: Barrios, that was the other guy, right? When uh, the trash man was one of my buddies that went on a training camp tour down to Miami and he saw Miami versus Houston, I said, well, who's the clear wide receiver three? Is you know is Eric Azucama there? Who's the guy who caught some buzz over the offseason? Is uh, Chosen Anderson, formerly Robbie Anderson? Is he there? No, 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 no. It's Braxton Barrios. I was like, well, what does that matter? He's like, it doesn't. So what I did see out of Braxton Barrios was was a, a solid wide receiver three, a solid guy that's going to work on the slot a lot in this offense. and And I think really what you can kind of think about is what we know in cincinnati what we know in cincinnati is that tyler boyd has just over time been a consistent a consistent guy that you just is ignored and he's just consistently targeted so i'm definitely going to be watching braxton Brios going forward because like you said you throw the ball 45 times in a game and if you can get five six seven targets out of that that's going to be very interesting when you get down the line in fantasy football and you get down the line in dfs things like that like all it takes as we just talked about with River Craycraft versus Durham Smythe, it just takes that one football, that one touchdown. River Craycraft had 13 points in this game because of that one ball that just doubles your fantasy points. It's a touchdown, right? So um, there's going to be opportunities for Barrios like that because this Dolphins team is going to score so many points. But um, I thought he played good.
0: And, and you got to, and you just to to put a bow on this, you got to think that uh, eventually they're going to have to key in on Tyreek Hill. I think if, if that guy continues what he's doing, he might really have a career in front of him. Defensive coordinators might want to
1: take notes. Jesus. So you, you can't Somebody tweeted out there. and was like a, a video of the play against JC Jackson. You literally, there's not a soul in football and possibly in the history of football, maybe Dion, maybe in Dion's prime, but there's like not a soul that can stick with Tyreek Hill play in and play out that, that the, I don't even know how you call it. I always call it like the jukes and jives that he brings to the table. It's just an entirely different dynamic that again, you can't guard it. I I picture when he's running, he's entering another dimension.
0: Like when the millennium Falcon, millennium Falcon would go into hyperspace. Like that must be what it's like. And while I'm running, it's like an hourglass, uh, you know, sand just going (laughs) through. Uh, All right. So I, I want to talk about another guy in the Millie maker, uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, you talked about it a little bit when we were running down that lineup. Uh, There were guys who were on him. There were guys who were not. And uh, I will say one of our fellows over at uh, Sportstopia, Monotone Betts, he went out on a little bit of a limb on Calvin Ridley last week. Take a listen to what he had to say.
2: Everyone running out of the gates, week one, to bet Calvin Ridley 60 receiving yards, 62 now, 63, whatever. I understand the appeal. My general opinion is, I think Calvin Ridley actually does have a pretty solid season by the end of the year. I think actually a very good season. If you drafted him, I think you'll be happy. I think that's because the Jags will be worse than everyone expects. I think the the Jaguars are kind of a, a fake giant. I think everyone is expecting them to take that superstar leap, when in reality. The strength of their team is the skill position players. Look what happened on the offensive line with injuries. Look at that defensive line. This is not going to be a very strong defensive team. I'm a little bit worried about the offensive line now. I think Calvin Ridley will have a solid season because I think the Jaguars will be behind a little bit more than people are expecting. But for me, week one, after not seeing the guy play in over a year, I'm not going to be running to the gate. I'll just sit back here and watch. And hey, it may make me look dumb when he has 100 receiving yards and he looks like that same guy. But like one training camp video of him running a route feels like it just purported this guy to be in a, you know, a top draft pick, which I'm not a part of right now.
0: Oh, monotone.
1: He hit that one right
0: on the... The best part about that (laughs) is that he might look dumb when he has 100 receiving yards and looks like the same guy. Well... (laughs) He had 101 yards and a touchdown, and did really look at the guy, look like the guy we saw in Atlanta. Uh, I just want to say it's good to see a guy like Calvin Ridley finally betting on himself. What did you make of Ridley's performance? I actually saw an interesting tweet you had about his first half and second half, and it might correlate to how the Jaguars uh, almost lost that game. What did you make of his performance?
1: Yeah, this game was very interesting. I watched that one back this morning, and he had, like I said, he had seven receptions in the first uh, first half. I think he had like six in the first twenty two minutes, and then he had two the rest of the second quarter, and then one in the second half. I thought, you know, all the way leading up until about midway through the third, start of the fourth quarter, I was like, this is going to be a Colts football game. The Colts are, are are pulling away in this one, and then they had a massive a massive punt um, that should have went down and should have been down to, at the five. And they kind of turned their backs, and Jamal Agnew took it, went around the edge, and, and that that kind of changed the entire momentum of the football game. But um, I, I'm kind of in line with what Monotone said. Like when you watch this game back, like this is not the Jacksonville team that we fully thought they were going to be. I think they're very strong in the front. I think the offense is going to be solid. But it, it definitely definitely left something to be, um, you know, look forward to down the line, I guess. I don't know. Um, Calvin Ridley and hole though. Calvin Ridley look fantastic. I mean, two of the most impressive players I've seen so far this week, just watching back, like I said, I'm through half games, Calvin Ridley and Zay Flowers, just as far as the route running goes, two guys that are dynamic in and out of breaks. They caught every football and you couldn't really guard. I mean, Tyreek Hill, obviously, but um, that you couldn't really guard. You couldn't really do anything about what they were doing. And I think as that, as the as the rapport continues to build with trevor lawrence and kelvin ridley it's only going to get better and better because you could still see uh, the connection that lawrence has with zay jones who was there last year with evan ingram who was there last year and and really in this receiving room who did it really hurt it hurt hurt christian kirk uh, who only had three targets and one reception in this game so i think kelvin ridley you know he said he had a chip on his shoulder we saw how um pent up and just how much aggression he had coming through training camp. Everything was for a purpose. Every route we saw on Twitter was, you know, for a purpose, there was no reps taken off. And I think that that only proves um, that Calvin Ridley wants to come back. He wants to, like you said, bet on himself. And, um, I think that the second round, when I, when I started to see him go midway to the second round, I thought I think I saw him go two hundred four, two hundred five a couple of times in some high stakes drafts. That was like the edge for me on Kelvin Ridley. I was all in in the third and fourth round in fantasy drafts, but once it started to get up into that second round, then I was in line with kind of what Monotone was talking about. Uh, I think Kelvin Ridley's going to be just fine though.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know one of the other things Monotone mentioned, um, which I think we'll see play out in the season, and also I I, I think what we'll see in some DFS stacks is against an Anthony Richardson led Colts offense who not a lot of people expected a whole heck of a lot from I mean they hung around in that game it it was by no means a slam dunk for the Jaguars they had to come back uh so I think there are going to be opportunities all this season to see a Jags stack you you saw ETN also break off the big run and get the touchdown now now look I, I We'll see what that Tank Bigsby fumble does to his split uh, split times with those carries. But, I mean, that offense looks like a stack to target going forward. Do you, do you feel the same?
1: Yeah, I think this depends. I mean, it's always going to be week in and week out, especially with these with the DFS stuff and stacking. But I think that, that Ridley is going to have a number of games that are big like this and even bigger because they're going to say, hey, we need to this- – continue this throughout the entire game right we saw even with like justin jefferson justin jefferson had a massive first half slowed down a little bit but he still ended up with 150 plus tyreek hill you just got to finish up through those games and and kind of what monotone alluded to like he thinks during as that he thought as the season goes on ridley's going to get better and better and better he's still going to get better and better and better but because this was the first game so uh you you look back i know it was a couple of years ago but 2020 his 26 year old season in Atlanta later on like his first game of the year was 9 for 132 touchdowns 7 for 109 two touchdowns and as the season went on you saw the 10 for 163 and a touchdown on 14 targets like you're going to get those games you're going to get the 12s the 12s and the 14 target games from Calvin Ridley it's going to come that's he looks like he's returning completely to form like he was in Atlanta just a few few short seasons ago so um yeah i think the the Lawrence Ridley stacks with a little ETN dabbled in there, especially, you know, if, 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 Bigsby does increase that role, but again, that, that, um, he did score a touchdown in this game, but um, the, the ball that bumped off his hands and was picked off, that was brutal. That was a brutal one. Cause I've never, I have a kitchen say I've never, you rarely see um, a, a, a NFL receiver and NFL running back catch a football like this and it pan out.
0: Yeah. Um, well, speaking of NFL receivers who might need a little, Work on their pass catching. I want to go back to Thursday night um, when Kadarius Tony, doing his best impression of a snake, uh, just didn't seem to have any hands out there. Uh, And with the Kelsey news, it left, um, well, it left Patrick Mahomes and uh, Chiefs backers in a little bit of a bind. But uh, one of our colleagues at Sportstopia did go out on a limb. He did like. Some folks on the Chiefs, including one that scored a touchdown, here's what Terrell Furman had to say about some of those pass catchers.
3: Taking a dart at the board and just hoping, just hoping for a bullseye, knowing I know nothing about darts and I'm probably going to land on a two <laughs> or a four. Like, I mean, how do you possibly uh, even consider? Like, it's, it could be anybody. It could be if he suits up Kadarius Tony. He's been a favorite target of Patrick Mahomes when he's in the lineup. It could be Sky Moore. It could be Noah Gray, like you talked about. It could be Blake Bell. I I, yeah. I have Blake Bell at 22 to one for first touchdown just because we've seen this Chief offense go into some weird triple option mode and then they flip it over to the backup tight end and he walks in for a touchdown. Like there's so many different options. And so I kind of stayed away from a lot more Chiefs players and just said yeah. that, hey, if I got Patrick Mahomes, I feel good. I have jared mckinnon i think jared mckinnon is going to account for a score and some yardage i feel decent about that but anybody else on the Chiefs, i kind of feel like it's just a dart throw and hoping that they get open for Patrick Mahomes on that one play
0: sometimes we just are not good at darts Uh but i will right uh, let's start with a good one all right blake bell he didn't score the first touchdown but but he did he did get one of the chiefs scores right i, I mean you know and, and noah gray didn't have a terrible game he was targeted a few times that uh, you heard Chris Collinsworth talking him up that night. Um, Collinsworth telling America we're about to find out how good Patrick Mahomes, the two-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, really is. I, I've never heard of this man. So I, 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 you look at that performance back on Thursday night, and, and I'm just trying to. I, we're going to get to a segment a little bit about panicking or relaxing, but I, I mean, look, Kadarius Tony is still wondering if he suited up for that game. I think. I think Chiefs fans are wondering if he suited up for that game. What happened and Patrick Mahomes, to to just pull this out back out for a Df, uh, DFS standpoint, he's always going to be priced either the highest or or, or close to the top. Uh but but I mean, are you, unless Kelsey comes back, who else are you going to stack him with? Are, are are you worried about what you saw? Are are we seeing? Do I have to overreact even more? Is is Superman turning into Clark Kent before our eyes? What's going on in Kansas City?
1: I think Kansas City in in total is going to be fine um i think really they missed chris jones a lot more than they missed travis kelsey because i think as the season goes on we can talk about this with Bradley a minute ago this is going to get better and better and better and, and this is the complete worst case scenario you could have hoped for right like 12 drops across the field uh tony being the majority of those um on five targets i think tony there's still a world for him I, I had in my notes from this game I said Tony catches all five footballs he has 120 yards and a touchdown in this one like that's still that's that's still we're talking back to that Giants game with the Cowboys where he literally went for over 100 in a couple of touchdowns it was like yeah, we're still thinking about that game because it's still there. Like, talent is still there. The abilities are still there. We just got to, you know, put some tacky and some glue on those gloves and maybe, you know, I don't know, put the ball more on his numbers than they were on his numbers already. I don't know what to really tell Kadarius Tony, but I think the upside's still there. Now, if you are looking for, I guess, somebody in this offense, Rashi Rice coming in as a rookie and, and drawing the opportunities that he did and, and catching the footballs that he did, five targets, three receptions, and a touchdown. We remember last year how long it took Sky Moore, right? Sky Moore didn't really do much at all until week 13, 14 against the Rams and Chargers, I think is when he had his first five target games. And they explained it as this offense is like taking on a fire hose of information. And that's kind of what they backed up by Sky Moore didn't do anything last year. And now we see Rashi Rice come in in week one and do that. And that really makes me think that maybe Rashi Rice is just a little bit better in the books, a little bit better at understanding the concepts and things like this. That gives me some hope. I still like Sky Moore. Sky Moore also didn't have a good game. Um, I still think they're gonna try and draw things <laughs> no, up. No, he did not. <laughs> yeah, you, it's awesome to look at the bottom of the board, and it's like five targets, Kadarius Tony, three targets, Sky Moore, one reception, one yard combined. Awesome, thanks. Good, good, good to hear. Um, but I think oh, Ross and Rises Jerick McKinnon
0: in there, you almost have three receptions, almost. Right.
1: <laughs> But I, I think that's what it is, though. I think you 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 gotta look at Rashi if you're thinking about upside because everybody knows Justin Watson and Marcus Veldes Scanling are just kind of the professionals in the room, they're just kind of the guys that are are gonna be there, they're gonna run the right routes, and and if Mahomes needs them, they're gonna be there. But there's no upside in either of those guys and owning them in fantasy or playing them in DFS. Sometimes Veldez scanling, but it really would take something because you know he's, he's more of a stretch guy than anything, and and uh, I just don't see them using him completely in that role anymore. Uh, so yeah, I think to answer your question, it would be Rashi Rice if you're going to look to stack anybody outside of Kelsey. But in really reality, I don't want anybody. I don't. I don't really want to use anybody. I think Patrick Mahomes will be okay uh, as a one-off throughout the season for the people that already have him.
0: You know what? I love what you said there. You said it was it was the absolute worst-case scenario for the Chiefs losing by one point, and everybody's saying that the world is the sky is falling. The world yeah. is is burning for Kansas City right now. But I, I agree. I. I I'm not one to bet against Mahomes or Andy Reid for that matter. I, I think they'll figure it out. But I I don't I will say, and I think it needs to play out. I'm not sure I loved what the offense looked like without the yeah. enemy and, and under Matt Nagy. I, I, I don't uh I, I, I but but look, they, they didn't have Kelsey. I, I, I think I think that could open up a lot of things. Because don't forget, Kelsey has really revolutionized the art of running wide open and catching a pass from uh, Patrick Mahomes. So I think if he could do that again, I think the offense will look just fine. All right, so I look, our final flaker fire from last week um, is probably the best take you'll hear ever in your life because it's about the Green Bay Packers. And I just want to shout out Corey Parson for putting on his cheese head and going saying he was going to go all in on the packers take a listen
3: play jordan love i want to play jordan love this week i think the scoring is coming in that packers bears game that's where i think the scoring is going to be at i and i see aaron jones popping up in these lineups looks
0: like a genius today and and listen i i think I think it's it's fair to say that Green Bay now has their third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row, right? I, I mean, that's the only conclusion we can draw from Jordan Love's performance yesterday: 245 yards, three touchdowns against the rival in Chicago. They were getting booed off the field. Did you like what you see? Uh, what you saw from that Packers offense? Uh, and 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 look, I I'm, I'm I'm being half kidding. I am a Green Bay Homer, but I. I We'll get to the pass catchers in a second, but we'll start with Jordan Love. Jordan Love looked good.
1: Yeah, Jordan Love looked good. Um, still was only a fifty-five percent completion percentage rate, which you'd like to see a little bit better. Um, Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones, though. Aaron Jones is the dude. Uh, we talked about him on that show on Friday as well, and I think that's a guy like he was. Was he in that? Was he in that um, millie maker lineup? I want to say he was at running back. Or was it somebody else? He, it was Eckler. It I was, was
0: surprised. I was surprised he wasn't. I, I yeah. feel like, you know, he could have taken the spot. I mean, his second half, well, really his third quarter performance is, you know, would have won you. Uh, I'm sure any number of cash games, but uh, he was not in the Millie maker lineup.
1: Yeah. So I think just in, in reality, like he's the best talent on this offense. Right. So uh, and I don't think that's really close. He's the, he's the, he's the veteran of the group. The guy that I'm disappointed really in is AJ Dylan. Like, a guy that we kind of had hopes for a couple of years ago, and it's just like, what are we doing? Thirteen carries for nineteen yards. You literally are averaging a yard and a half a carry. Like, it's just putrid out there. And I think that that if if and I guess really what that is is they have to use him because he's he's a two hundred fifty pound bull rush running back, or between the tackles grinder running back. But it kind of tells you, hey, so there wasn't, it wasn't BS that they went out and reached out for Jonathan Taylor, was it? It wasn't BS. They actually think they need that dynamic interior rusher, and they and they don't really completely maybe trust and believe in A.J. Dillon as being the guy that can take another step up. And then you see Petr- Patrick Taylor, another 220-pound back from Memphis, that really hasn't done anything the last couple of years, 5-for-22. I think in, to- in total this offense can only continue to grow. They had a good game. I think a couple of opportunities that, you know, the interception for Quay Walker. I think um, a couple other things in this game that just normally maybe don't go your direction. So 3820, I feel like is a little, a little bit of a gap, but the bears also played horrible in this game. Um, not not anything anybody expected out of the Chicago bears. When talking about the NFC North, it was like, yeah, we like the lions pretty clear cut. And we think the bears could maybe overtake the Packers and Vikings. I don't think so. Not, not, not anytime soon right now.
0: I, I and you know Justin fields was gonna supposed to take the leap it, it looked like he took a it looked like he took a fall and not a leap yeah. I mean he yeah. uh, DJ Moore was looking around thinking he was still in Carolina like I I it, it, it didn't really look all that good uh for the Bears yesterday um and you also you know the Packers also they didn't have Christian Watson you know who yeah. who is their best pass catcher and a group of young pass catchers Romeo Dobbs had two touchdowns I think it's pretty clear that there is uh chemistry with Jordan Love there. Um, but you mentioned it, the, the efficiency of Jordan Love or the inefficiency. It's not like, you know, that, it, it, that was that great. And again, uh, outside of the two touchdowns, Dobbs didn't do much. Uh, Smari Torre had a, had a, had a big pickup. Jaden Reed had some targets. I mean, Jaden Reed looked good without Christian Watson, um, but you know, it's one game, right? And yeah. I, I think if you're a Packer fan, uh, you're you're probably riding pretty high with all the with all the crap that was talked about Jordan Love and our departing uh, Aaron Rodgers who's gonna make his debut tonight. But I, I, I had, uh, well, I won't say I. I'll just say somebody wrote about the Packers offense and their audition for Sports Topia and how you should buy into it. I don't know who it was, but I'm sure they were very smart and handsome and it looks pretty good right now and the aj Dillon thing quads apparently do not make a good running back they look good in pictures but apparently they don't make a good running back i i am worried about uh the the thunder to the aaron jones lightning but we'll see you know we'll, we'll see they get the falcons next week um so, so we'll will yeah
1: i know As going to say you're a packer fan correct
0: I am, yeah. How would you get? Okay, <laughs> so
1: yeah, well, I just, I just, just you know, a couple, couple things here. Um, so you talk about the Falcons next week, then they got the Saints, Lions, and Raiders. I think as a Packer fan, I don't know. I'm gonna ask you this question. This is why I'm bringing it up. Going into the season, I might have looked at that and been like, Ugh, you know, two and three, I'd be happy going into that bye just to see what this team looks like. Now I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going, hey, there's a world where we might be four and one going into that bye week.
0: Yeah, and, and and well, look, I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this out loud, but did don't I think want to know? Did I? No, no, no. <laughs> I, did I think want to know? I don't think I thought there was gonna be a win at Chicago uh, out yeah. of the gate. I mean, I liked what I saw in preseason, um, but there's only so many times I can hear they're playing against backups. But I, I I just you know I I bought into the field type. I bought into the new offensive weapons, and and look how far that got me. So yeah. Yeah, Atlanta, I had. Atlanta I chalked up to a win and I'm gonna get to Atlanta in a little bit about why I chalked that up to a win a lot of it has to do with their head coach uh and then the Saints I, I have a good good friend who's a huge Saints fan and he texted me yesterday all Derek Carr needed was a defense now he has one what happened Uh so the Saints didn't exactly light the world on fire but we'll see hope springs eternal in uh cheesehead land. maybe a maybe a wild card spot in the future, or maybe maybe we'll get revenge on the Lions. Who knows? Uh, I'm not, you know, uh, put a bow on that in the NFC North. You talked about Justin Jefferson before. Um, and the second half of that game, uh, it looked like Justin Jefferson was sitting on the bench and counting all of the guaranteed money Kirk Cousins has uh, has earned uh, just to not do that much. So, you know, that was yeah. it was a tough one. It was a tough one in Minnesota. But look, all of that, Vikings, Saints, it all—it all goes back to what we're going to talk about now. If you're in Minnesota, if you're in New Orleans, if you're in Kansas City, if you're in Seattle, if you have some of these players, are we panicking, or are we R E L A X ing, relaxing after a Week One performance? I want to—I want to talk about some individual performances. But first, I really do want to talk about the Bengals, just because team-wide, I mean, Joe Burrow, his worst performance in in his career, he went to bed last night on a bet of money. I'm sure he did. But that was a debacle for Cincinnati. Are you panicking?
1: Um, No, I'm not panicking, because Cleveland looked a lot better than I thought they did. I think Cleveland's pass rush was um, something that was very breathly not breathtaking I'm trying to think of the word but it's very it's just very a breath of fresh air to see something like that in Cleveland where this team this looks like a good team I was very much out on the Cleveland Browns coming into the season I was like I don't know I don't trust Deshaun Watson I don't really know how these weapons are all going to work together I think Chubb looks fantastic of course Jerome Ford is a great complimentary piece Cleveland looks really good so I don't want to take that away um, from them but I think Cincinnati did like the again you have to remember that that burrow was out for a little bit of time and that kind of can can mess with your connections with these receivers now scoring three points and not even having 100 passing yards is i think a different level of it but the weather was not great in cleveland again the cleveland pass rush was fantastic i think uh you know miles garrett was a complete menace in this game they lined him up all over they lined him up all the way out wide where he normally plays all the way into the zero head up on the center. And when they lined him up there, he was way too fast uh, for the Cincinnati center. And they, they couldn't stop him. They couldn't slow him down. They also had Agbo Okoronkwo from, I think it's from UCLA. He was a rookie a couple of seasons ago. Zadarius Smith, like this defensive line looked fantastic. And Cincinnati really couldn't slow him down. Um, the, also talked about Kadarius Toney having uh, no uh, receptions on his five targets. T Higgins in this game, eight targets, zero receptions, a big old Rudy. dud for T Higgins but watching it back like i think only two of those targets two of those eight targets were catchable for t higgins so a lot of that i think falls on joe burrow a couple of them were were very very greatly defended by um by grant delpit and by denzel ward denzel ward of course we know is a great cornerback he just can't stay healthy consistency consistently in the league joe mixon looks really good um but i think really that what's going to be the root of it is this just this interior of this offensive line is if they can't block to, uh, protect Joe Burrow and keep him upright and allow him to get the ball downfield. It's going to be a long season for him because I like what this defensive, like the the Cincinnati defensive line looks good. Um, I like the weapons. Of course, Joe Mixon looks good and Burrow just, I don't know. I don't know if it it was just a timing thing. I don't know if the rain had something to do with it. I think they're going to be fine. I'm not panicking. It's time to relax.
0: Yeah. I I'd say we got to relax in Cincinnati for now. Right. I mean, for now now, I mean, Burrow's used to getting sacked. Uh, That's that's the problem in Cincinnati. And if yesterday was a preview of this season, Joe Burrow, I I mean, look, money's great. But, like, if you go to bed every Sunday and you can't move the next day, I mean, like, you got to look around and be like, hey, guys, uh, we're trying to win football games here. So I want to see how that plays out going forward. I would relax, though. Yes, the weather was bad. Cleveland had the same weather to play in though. And I mean, they just, they just looked worlds better. I I also am not a big, I know when you miss training camp, the timing can be off and and this and that I I don't put. Yeah. Okay. Week one, we'll get up to game speed and there's, there's 16 games left, but I I don't think that was the problem. I think there were other factors at play and, and and most of it had to do with the offensive line. All right. Well, move on. We'll move on to a team. we, We talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and why I don't have a lot of belief in them. Let's go to the A. Let's go to Atlanta. Okay, uh, and and I, and I think you saw interesting performance. And I say interesting because I'm sure you or someone you know is very high on Bijan Robinson, and and for a good reason, right? I mean, you see the tape. You see what he did in college. He's highly touted first round pick. He got his touchdown, and and it's not like he didn't put up yards. But Tyler Algier got two touchdowns and some of the goal line work. Over uh, the other parts of the offense, Drake London had less catches than Desmond Ritter. (laughs) Uh, After the game, here's a quote from uh, head coach Arthur Smith. Okay. Uh, He said, let the fantasy guys worry about that. Well, I am. I am worrying about that. I am. Uh, we've got to clean some things up. We don't care. Drake London doesn't care. All we care about is 1-0. Now, that's great, coach speak. But I, I, I know they don't pay me to coach the games. But I, I do know that if you use your best players, it's probably going to help you be more successful. So when you look at the Atlanta game yesterday and you look at how they used their offense or didn't, are you confident in any of your Atlanta stock?
1: I am. I am. It's really weird because I was watching this and I was like, why? Why? And I just kept asking myself, why? Why did they enter the season with Desmond Ritter at quarterback? Why? Like, (laughs) if they knew that their goal is to run the ball and control the game and control the clock, why did you enter the season with Desmond Ritter? Why didn't you go trade for Lamar Jackson? Why didn't you draft Anthony Richardson? Why didn't you go get somebody else that fits this offense better and is not 208 pounds and is very inaccurate in the passing game and can't get the ball to these weapons when you need him to? Because you talk about Algier and Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson was seventh in fantasy points yesterday, total, 20 fantasy points. Algier was fourth, had 24. This duo, this is this is this is the Mark Ingram, the Alvin Kamara. This is a couple years ago when you watched Mark Ingram just be that bull that that burst and just a tenacity that's different with a chip on his shoulder. That's the Algier. That's the Mark Ingram. And then the super talent was the Camara and is now the Bijan who had six targets and six receptions in this game with a touchdown where he broke three tackles inside the five-yard line. Bijan looked fantastic, but the thing is... And I said it multiple times, even though I didn't draft him this offseason, which drives me absolutely bonkers. Is that I was like, this guy hit a thousand yards last year. He was a fourth round pick. He a thousand yards. We, he's going to be something. Like, we can't just bet on Bijan just being the running back one in fantasy football. That You can't do that. And then hope I hope is not had a strategy. Didn't, hope and, is and not a strategy. <laughs> and, and didn't draft Tyler Algier. So. I think this is exactly what they want to do. They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. Again, they had 25 carries yesterday between Algier and Robinson, had 130 yards in the ground, two rushing touchdowns. They targeted these guys combined nine times out of 18 pass attempts. So 50% of the passing game goes to them, and 100% of the rushing game goes to Algier and Bijan. That's the offense. And then, and then you have a couple dump offs to Kyle Pitts that end up working, and then you throw the ball to a guy named Mac Hollins, who's been on six different football teams in the last couple of years, and you don't throw the ball to your other first-round pick, Drake London. So it's a very interesting dynamic. And again, I just ask myself, why did you enter the season with Desmond Ritter at quarterback?
0: I I I I love the comparison to the the Kamara uh, Ingram Saints. I, I it it also reminds me of some of those old Bronco Shanahan teams where you just throw whoever back there and you know, they're just going to run zone. Uh, They're going to block zone and, and that's the way it's going to be. And they're going to get a thousand yards. I think I, but I agree. Like, is that, I it might, might be great for fantasy and it is, Uh is it great for real football? I don't know. If you become that one dimensional, I don't it's, know. It's uh, tough. And then I get worried too. Like, I mean, if they really run into a buzzsaw and, and cannot, you know, control the game, I, I mean, then the value for some of these guys, you know, gets even worse. So I, I just, Ar- Arthur Smith has a history of saying, oh, that's for the fantasy guys. And that's for fantasy stats. Then why draft them Artie? What, why, why draft them? Why, why have them? What get, get just the guys out there. And, and, but like, I, I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I, I, I am low on Atlanta. I am not low on these players. I mean, you, you, the talent is there. Um, I think. I think Algier is gonna. We're gonna see him in some lineups uh, throughout the season, and I think. I think he might win you some games, uh, yeah. or your cash games. I think that'll be good. All right, let's go. Uh, we'll go quickly uh, before we get to Monday night. Uh, the last last team I want to talk about, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. We picked on monotone a little bit about nailing Calvin Ridley's stat line and being out of it, Uh, but he did nail uh, J.K. Dobbins' touchdown. Uh, Dobbins scored, promptly tore his Achilles, which is heartbreaking to see. A guy who can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. Uh, So he scores, and now you look at Baltimore's performance. They won. I mean, it it wasn't that close in the end, but what about the pass catchers? I mean – I get OBJ is a big name. I mean, Bateman was out there. You mentioned Zay. I mean, Zay looked the best out of all of them. Lamar is, you know, your rushing quarterback who's supposed to run the ball into the end zone. Are you worried about Baltimore's offense? And what happens to the running game now?
1: I'm not worried about the Baltimore offense because what do we know about Gus Edwards? We know he can rush for four yards per carry consistently over and over and over and over again so i think that 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 dynamic is still going to be there where you're going to get a consistent uh between the tackles grinder now the, the weird thing is that you don't have a, a dynamic guy like a jk dobbins when he's healthy like you saw him getting worked out of the backfield you saw him work on third down just as much uh he had three um snaps on third down uh, uh justice hill had six gus had one so like they were they were using dobbins in that role now you're going to see it more focused like Justice Hill's going to be in that role. Gus Edwards is going to be between the, between the tackles grinders. And that is if they don't bring in a Kareem Hunter or Leonard Fournette. I think in total this offense is built to have a guy like Gus Edwards. It's built to have a guy like Justice Hill. They like Justice Hill a lot. They liked him in last year. You talk about the receiving game, it's pretty clearly Zay Flowers. Like Zay has the burst. Zay has the speed. Zay has the route running. Zay has the, the connection with Lamar already, which is – been a tough thing for these receivers to get right catching nine out of ten footballs from lamar jackson like they were like oh Zay had a good game it's like well no Zay cut 90 of the footballs that lamar jackson threw to him which when you actually take a step back and you think about that it's not normal so i i'm i, I love everything i saw from zay i loved him coming in odell beckham flashed towards the end of this game he got his legs under him got his sea legs he willy he really amazed a football to go 18 20 yards downfield look good um, Rashad Bateman, I think is just going to sit in here as that third guy. And I think really when Mark Andrews comes back, it's going to be less Bateman and, and he's probably going to fizzle out. So I'm not really going to angle towards Bateman much at all in fantasy, actually at all. Um, but I think Zay is pretty clear cut the best receiver in this, in this room. And that's, it's not really close.
0: And OBJ doesn't even have any ACLs and he's, uh, he's out there doing, <laughs> doing those things. I, I, the, you mentioned Mark Andrews, um, maybe, maybe you, rushed out to pick up Isaiah likely maybe Isaiah likely was uh likely in some millimaker lineups because you're like oh wow we've seen what this guy can do put up 20 points when Mark Andrews been out before we've seen what this guy can do and what did this guy do he didn't do much he didn't do much uh I I mean I I I don't expect all of a sudden Mark Andrews to come back and 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 not and, and do that type of thing uh so we're still high on Mark Andrews, even though the tight end didn't appear to be a big factor this past
1: weekend. 100%. I mean, it's it's all a talent thing. Um, I don't think Likely was probably working in that number one spot. I think coming into the season, we kind of all assumed, oh, they're going to use two tight ends. It's going to be Andrews and Likely. And in this game, it tells me that everything's been focused on Andrews and then Likely just got thrown into it in the last five days. And it just he he just wasn't um a mesh in what the first team was planning to do that's really what that tells me and kind of what we saw because if he was planned and if he has been taking a ton of those first team reps and he has been a feature of the todd Monken offense i think you would have saw more uh from isaiah likely in week one so i, I think we're going to see a lot less two tight ends uh in the passing game um than we kind of expected coming in well i i i
0: I'm sad in a way that we've we're we're through 99 percent of week one, but we have one game left. Uh, that I I was gonna throw in one more panic or relax. Uh, I was just gonna say the Giants in general. Uh, panic. I'm not, I'm not. yeah. I would panic. <laughs> I think we all are panicking. I Jeez. I think they just they just fumbled again. I I, I probably that not probably that was the worst primetime game I uh, I think I've ever seen. By far, it had to be the worst primetime game to open a season. I mean, that was was pathetic. That was pathetic. And, uh, I mean, Daniel Jones, on a lot of preseason rankings, was, if he wasn't in the top 10 because of his rushing upside, he was a top 12 QB. And probably a lot of people have him in a super flex league. And I don't know. I I don't know. I, I don't know who... Waller didn't impress, Saquon did his best, but like, I, I, I don't know. So I, we don't have to belabor the point on the Giants, but I would panic. I would panic. Um, all right. One game left for week one. Buffalo and the New York Jets. Only one of those teams plays in New York. That's a fun fact. Uh, so we'll preview that Monday night football game. Uh, what are we like tonight? I, I hear there's a new quarterback in green. So what what are we thinking tonight anybody you're looking to see how, targeting any any below the radar guys what what are we what are
1: we i um, i just want to see how this buffalo or sorry this buffalo i want to see how this jets offense is going to unfold um it's running back position we got news over the weekend that Delvin was going to be the feature um coming in i thought we were going to see like a 30% Michael Carter i think we're going to see a 25% Brees Hall and maybe like a 30 35% Dalvin Cook it looks now like it's going to be more of like a 50-55% Dalvin Cook feature, a little less Brees Hall and then and then a lot of Michael Carter. And people keep forgetting about Michael Carter though. Like they love Young MC, he's a very good uh pass catching back, a good good third down guy. It's going to be annoying for the Dalvin Cook and the Brees Hall owners I think in this one uh and over the course of the season just in general until they have a you know it we know Delvin's healthy, or 100% we know Brees is healthy, and then they can be a feature for a game or something. That's going to be something I'm going to be keeping my eye on. The receiving room, we kind of already know, right? It's Garrett Wilson and then everybody else. McCole Hardman, when I saw the Jets at training camp, didn't catch a single football through that that entire practice. Al Lazard, however, when they were doing the red zone work, caught – Three out of six footballs from Aaron Rodgers, three touchdowns and six opportunities. That's what that is right there, fifty percent, for those counting at home. So I think that's a sneaky one. If you are placing any bets tonight, I would potentially look at that Alan Lazard anytime touchdown. And then the the other room I want to look at is the tight end room. It's Tyler Conklin, it's CJ Uzama and Jeremy Ruckert. And I think the guy that leads this room in targets tonight is CJ Uzama. Um, I think he's a he's a he looks fantastic. He's big. He's six. He looks like he's six eight out there, two hundred sixty pounds. He he looks like that Mercedes. Ladies lewis type um that rogers likes to target down there in in those important situations um you know on on third and three roll out rogers dink dunk first down you saw it a million times matt up in green bay and i I think that's kind of what i'm expecting out of this offense i think buffalo does come out and win this one but i think i just want to see really how this jets offense unfolds
0: yeah i i look uh, i'll start at the quarterback because again i i'm I haven't. I'm not gonna say I've seen every snap of his career, but I've seen a lot of them. Uh, here's what we know about Aaron: if he's familiar with you, if you have a rapport with him, you're gonna get some. You're, you're gonna get some passes thrown your way, and I think that helps Lazard. I I love that kind of sneaky, maybe an anytime touchdown prop. I know we're not exactly doing props, but I, I would take a look at that. Uh, obviously, he loves Garrett Wilson, gets the chain. I mean, he wants Garrett to be Devontae Adams reincarnated. I, I like. There's a lot to like there, but I will go to the running game. And and the only reason I want to go here is, is something I said there, you know, when we had our draft, and, and I'll say it again. Brees Hall is coming off a catastrophic injury for a running back. And I I know these guys are freak athletes, but but sometimes it takes a while. I know Adrian Peterson made it look easy, but it's not. And I think if the Jets were that confident that he was going to be that near running back one that we saw last season before he went down, they wouldn't have signed Dalvin Cook. They wouldn't have done it. So I, I'm i not going to feature Brees Hall until I see it. With my own eyes. I'm I'm not going to play him. I'm not going to put him in a lineup. I'm just not going to do it. I have more confidence. I I have a philosophy when I'm picking teams. I don't want the headache. Okay? Yeah, picking a team is a little bit of a gamble. You got to take a risk. You want to win. But I don't want the headache. And to me right now, figuring out what kind of role Brees Hall will have is a headache. Especially for week one if you're entering any contest tonight. I'm going to leave him out. I feel more comfortable with Dalvin Cook. And if we want to talk about props... Just because I like the names, I'm gonna do a let them cook prop. I might do a Dalvin James Cook anytime touchdown parlay. I would like, uh, you know, I, 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 I would just like to see it, okay? And sometimes that's all I need. That's all I need. Uh, uh, but the last stat, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, well, w- with the Jets, the last thing I want to see too is. We've heard about Aaron and he's got a chip on the shoulder, the size of the boulder, and he and he wants to prove a point and this and that. The Jets really might be the third best team in that division. And, you know, we're we're gonna find out, I think, a lot tonight. He might say relax after the game if they get smacked around by by Buffalo, who who, you know, they have the um they have the experience. They they know what they got there for the most part. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how motivated he is. We'll see how he's slinging the ball around. Love that Uzama call out. I mean, besides, you know, he he, he hit Bob Tanyan a couple times in Green Bay, and, and he would go to the big dog Mercedes on a, on those on those big third downs or, or when they needed a conversion. I love that call out sneaky pick there. For Buffalo, uh, I here's a stat I really like that I heard today. Gabe Davis had last season was the first touchdown scorer the most. Uh, and you know, that was four games I, out of 17, not that great, but I've seen Gabe Davis produce in primetime before. I, I, I like me some Gabe Davis in that offense. We'll see, though. You know, are they going to hit a wall? I, I don't personally believe it. I think Josh Allen is, you know, is going to be Josh Allen so it'll be an interesting matchup but but my main target is cook and cook that's that's who i like tonight um any final thoughts on that game you have a prediction are you gonna put you're gonna i I think you mentioned you you think buffalo wins the game
1: i'm gonna go 26 24 buffalo but i know i i know uh that's where i'm going i'm just gonna leave it at that 26
0: 24 for the bills
1: all right well
0: I think it'll be exciting. Again, it's always a bittersweet moment going into Monday Night Football because there's still only one game left and then two more days until more football. So it's sad, but it should be an exciting matchup. I think that's gonna do it for week one. What a week one it was in a lot of ways, maybe mostly frustrating, but also you know, some good players out there. I look forward to kind of recapping these performances every week. We'll see how it shakes out. The- and, and if you're planning on playing in tonight's uh, – any, putting any contests out there uh, tonight for any of your cash games, your DFS, maybe the Monday Night Millie Maker, check out sportstopia.io. Check out the Optimizer. We're running a deal right now. You can try it out for seven days for a dollar. We have the contrarian picks, those under-the-radar picks You can't pick the guy that everyone has. You have to have that Kendrick Bourne in your lineup if you want to be rich like Cody Carpenter. But uh, I, I encourage you to go check out the Optimizer, get you some cash, get you some cash in your pocket. Hopefully it makes you some money. Cody, great hearing from you. Great working with you. I look forward to it this season.
1: Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you.
0: All right, guys. We'll see you after week two.